Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of 1899, number four, The Fight. Written, of course, by Jean G. Frise and Jerome Buchanan Nelson. Directed once again by Baron. I gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10. I really like the backstory that we got for Jerome. And he is fast approaching my favorite character between him and Oleg. I think they both rank pretty high. I thought Tovi for all of her initial fire, it rather fizzled in the face of her mother, despite her criticisms of her brother's actions. And I'm glad to see that someone slapped some sense into some of these passengers that may not like how things have turned very quickly in the scenario brought on by Franz and his mutiny. And now you know why, (laughs) shy, why you just don't take over the captain. Like this is never a good idea. It's why people really are murdered for... (laughs) For even starting to talk shit, because once you break, it it can be broken very quickly. And it is really hard to get control back. Even after they decide to fight back, they don't have control of this ship. Before we do jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do me a favor, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like and share. If you want to share feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. The beginning begins in the desert of some place, some uh, colonial <laughs> plane in Africa, most likely, as two soldiers, Jerome and Lucien. Oh, I knew it. Plan to abandon the Legion now that their lieutenant is dead. Lucian shall play the lieutenant and Jerome, well, not only play, assume his identity. And Jerome will be the hero that saved him, allowing both to be sent back home to France. However, Jerome's fear of getting caught and his faith that the supply troops are going to come despite the fact they're delayed tries to convince his friend that we should be loyal. This isn't the right thing to do. He doesn't want to be considered a deserter or deal with the consequences. Lucian, after a pause of realizing his friend is not on board with this idea, says, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. I was losing my head. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. I thought he was going to shoot him when I saw the pistol. And while knocking someone out with the butt of said pistol and throwing pistol and throwing them into a cell isn't ideal either. It is less offensive than him outright murdering what he very readily called a friend. Jerome is told to wake up in Mara's voice. Why her voice? He wakes in the brig with Ike, Ramiro and Oleg who calm him down. 
I'm glad that they were already in the brig and we didn't have to go through the monotonous routine of watching them being marched to the brig. I appreciate those small little details that we can always skip over in a television show to get to the things that really matter. Franz comes in and takes Oleg and Jerome away to the deck where it's still raining and where they have also piled all of the dead bodies and they still don't know why they have died. And thus the two lowest ranking members on the ship can expose themselves by throwing the bodies overboard in case they're contagious. At least Franz cleaned his face. I was happy to see that. When Franz pointed that gun in Jerome's face, though. I'm going to kill you. Not today. Not tomorrow. But I'm going to kill you. Them two have been egging for a fight since they met. And I want to see it go down. The mutineers and lower class passengers, but it feels as if it's most of the officers and lower class passengers have taken control, keeping everyone locked in their cabins. Mara tells the boy, they won't hurt you. Say what? Girl, your closest ally himself yoked up this kid when things were starting to look not great in his favor. And you think with a silent killer out there that people are going to remain rational? On the bridge, Franz is informed the Prometheus is nowhere to be found despite being tied to them. And the compasses are now working. So against all logic, they are exactly where they were three days ago, going west instead of east, meaning they were the ones displaced. Franz said, west is where we are going anyway, so fuck all the rest of that shit that I cannot explain. Turn the engines back on full thrust. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And while certainly it isn't the best of answers, it is an answer. That's how I feel like if Ike had just tried to fake it a little bit to make it, he would have been better or more successful in navigating what was going on. His approach was no one gets to know except me and this other passenger that I met yesterday. Now that they have guns, the lower class passengers, of course, are already turning on the people that have been looking down on them. Even though I don't think they thought this through, because the minute your asses get to America, (laughs) uh, there are going to be more people for the company and people going to rep the company. Like, I don't think you thought that mayhap this will lead to my arrest or I don't know, murder. Uh, not murder, but a death sentence, particularly if you were to hurt anyone. And I'm not sure who got shot, but there were a lot of gunshots going off. Maybe they were just shooting rooms. But uh, they demand answers. Oh, no, they did. They killed one of the officers. That's why foe Jared Harris, who I will now be referencing as FJH, tells them the company wanted the 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 ship the prometheus sunk and that the boy and the deaths aren't a coincidence so maybe he did infect everyone and thus now a whole bunch of religious zealots are riled to fight 
Toby tries to avoid this because there is a language barrier, but Crester is trying to atone for his sins, drowning in the Kool-Aid of his mother's bullshit as Anker, the father only continues to squeeze his ragdoll looking helpless. Toby is so done with her mother's bullshit, and now they intend to murder a child thinking he's the devil. Amiro is it Amiro? I think it is. Helps Ike escape from the pole he is handcuffed to, giving him mobility as shots ring out. Olek wonders how these people died as they look at the the pile of corpses with Ada on top. And they both put the poor child to rest at sea. Jerome is still thinking about his odds. You're goddamn right. However, Oleg implores him to simply keep his head down. He sees the dead lieutenant in the pile of corpses and freaks out, but Oleg is once again able to calm him down. Clement, is it Clement? Clements? I'm going to say Clements. Clements confronts Lucien about where he was last night and the vow she found. And while he does not answer that first question, he does admit to the second that he has seizures, something's wrong with his head, the medication makes him have erectile dysfunction, and now he feels like he's cursed, because now he has everything that he ever wanted, with only days or weeks left to live, and a wife that doesn't give a fuck about him, and thus he keeps lashing out. There's nothing to say that he would die of his seizures, but there's nothing to say he wouldn't in this time period, because they, they don't have a study of the brain or would have any idea i mean most people can get away with poisoning i mean i can't even imagine how many people were poisoned back in the day and it was just like gastroenteritis <laughs> unless you were really wealthy ain't nobody fucking getting no autopsy to figure out the cause of death and even if you were wealthy uh watching all of these crime shows that i've been watching recently you could get away with quite a lot of murder before anyone catches on. And the only reason anyone catches on because your dumbass stays in the same place <laughs> uh, letting the, the death toll pile up. I am talking about the murderers, but man, the, the mixed diagnosis was real. He opens the drawer and finds the gift Jerome left for him, causing a violent outburst. He had the decency to apologize about. However, Clement is definitely shook up. Mora is captured and insists her white privilege gives her power in this situation because <laughs> she demands to talk to the captain, even though it's clear he is not in charge anymore. But maybe don't give the guys with guns, Mora, a reason to harm you by pointing out you must know something. Even though that never unfolded, it should have rationally unfolded in that manner. And considering she's closest to the boy on the ship, why wouldn't she just be watched all the time? She does throw in Franz's face that he is a boy playing with things he doesn't understand. And I'm like, Mara, do you? And if you do, can you provide us some intel? <laughs> The lower class mutineers are in a religious fever roaming around. Ike has managed to open a vent so that he and Romero can escape. I think I was calling him a Miro before. It's Romero. 
Acker talks to the doll, which apparently is Ada. And he admits he has lost the ability to hear God, but that his wife must be right about whatever prophecy she has concluded about the arrival of Tovi's baby. Tovi is disgusted with him as well. He certainly thinks it's a God's gift, but by the tears in her eyes, it doesn't feel as if God had anything to do with it. And that's rather heartbreaking. Something horrid happens to you and your parents want to see it as a light or a gift. And you can only see it for what it truly was. But then they think they are protecting you by killing this devil, which is an innocent child. Ibn has the face of someone whose eyes I want to claw out. I genuinely hate fanatics. Mora, who saved her child's life, is given no quarter as she is locked and is also a medical professional, is locked in after searching her room and being threatened, showing the mental instability of Ibn as a person. Crestor is able to get the mad woman away and it appears that FJH is definitely playing all sides. Work, 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 work. Once alone, the boy knocks on the panel, leading her to the secret tunnel under her bed. Now she knows that she's twinsies with Ike. They have a lot to catch up on. That's maybe why she was trying to track him down, but I felt like that was before she figured that out. The two engine workers are definitely the comedic relief in all of the madness as this motherfucker rolled up with a garlic chain for protection. <laughs> you serious? He don't even know the difference between wolves and vampires. He's still very much convinced there's a wolf on the, on the ship. And they seem so dorky that he might even be right. <laughs> he's like they don't exist he's like i've never seen russia i'm pretty sure that exists it's on a map a map is a drawing i've seen a drawing of a wolf and thus it exists <laughs> yes i followed the entire train and you had to have subtitles on to do that of that conversation because it was hilarious daniel the creeper lurks around and using that weird device is able to hack into the network system it would appear the only reference point i have for what that could possibly be as they dispose of the last of the bodies jerome who never was not gonna take a shot makes his move turning stealth ninja despite oleg begging no 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 wait 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 he does distract the guards with some self-preservation by saying the man jumped with a plausible uh, reason for why he would be on the railing of the ship as he makes his exit. He runs through the ship, that music, and has flashbacks to the barracks and makes his way to the only ally he may have, which is Lucian or Clement, since she's the one that allows him in. She tells him she can stay, doesn't care about why he's being chased, just wants to know what's happened to him and how she can get closer. That girl fell hard, didn't she? She was like, okay, fine. 
you telling me things that make sense about how bad people being in power is something that ends not so well for everyone and how he intends to go rescue the captain instead of hide because that's the type of man he is and she said my panties is wet i'm going with you <laughs> franz has pissed Jerome escape and threat escaped and threatens oleg the one guy is looking like he's ready to change sides with all this violence the one with the little hair i'll be watching everybody's expressions and Franz's position as leader is further shown as possibly uh, fracturous or even more fracturous as FJH shows up to explain that you are 1,500 people from different countries uh, on this ship and now it's a fucking powder keg and we got five days to land. The only way to keep things sane is to explain why people have died and I have narrowed that shit down to the boy. So now... You need to help them find this kid so they can kill him and this can be squashed. (laughs) The lower class now move about with impunity and this is why you just don't remove the fucking captain. Crester and his mother search Angel's room and he name drops his part-time boo with his mother instantly alert to the familiarity. The simple answer is I met him on deck. But of course, Crester can't come up with an excuse because he feels remorse that he was jacking him off when his sister was dying. And thus, uh, Evan goes and picks up Romero's watch that he wanted kept safe, drops it at his feet before telling her, her son that she wished he died instead of Ada. Go suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a motherfucking dick, suck a dick, suck a huge it is so unnatural for a mother to not love their child for who they are. That shit is on your own fucking delusion of control in your pitiful, bitter existence. And that's the cult of it. And then you get the cult of personality around it. And then you get things like Crester and Tovey's childhood. And I'm sure Ada's as well, who wants to be a nurse, but her, her doctor and her mother would never allow her to do such a thing because science it's just it's really horrible and despite his tears and angel's attempts to get him to stay or attempt crester spits in his face with a smug face mother looking on this is also the type of character that's like last to die so i'm gonna have to probably put up with her until the end of the series (laughs) mara covers the shaft but can get no answers out of the boy about what is going on. But he does help her out with getting out of the room using his beetle. Because she clearly wants to go find the captain. So he says, fine, I'll take you to the captain. Franz discovers the captain and Romaro, Romero, gone from where they're supposed to be. Both make it to a secluded area with a toolbox. And just as they are about to free the cuffs are discovered by Jerome and Clements. Clements. And Clements can translate. And I was like, noise. <laughs> He's like, look, I have a nail. <laughs> It'll make that a lot easier. Once the captain is free, they all plan to get a lifeboat over to the Prometheus, not knowing it's gone. And considering y'all was all standing in that room and you didn't think to look the fuck over and see <laughs> that there is no boat over there. 
<laughs> or maybe they thought it was on the other side and they couldn't. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because they were going east instead of west. Lucian still caught up in his own shed is barely noticing the mutineers running around. Lumber is back to his room to find his wife gone, possibly in a violent manner, and grabs his baby gun with two bullets. That was a baby gun. Makes me feel like he has a baby dick. I don't know why. Oleg is locked in with others once again. He's like, this shit gotta stop happening to <laughs> me. As Mora and the boy sneak past and into another room, all being watched by Crester. Now fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Crester's such a cutie. I don't want him to be like this. But he's pretending to be something that he's not. He's stuck in this very vicious loop that I can't not feel a little bit of empathy for. Mora happily reunites with Ike and the others as they're trying to make their escape but he rejects her or vulture or vulture overture <laughs> and demands to know what is going on she's like i don't understand this tone the boy is clearly her child because he was ready to kill that man get back motherfucker you don't know me like that get back motherfucker you don't know me like that geek, geek. Woo, woo. i ain't playing around make one boss move i take it down get back both Shy and Mimi have already confessed to me, haven't listened to their feedback yet, that they have officially jumped into a lot of rabbit holes. And I'm just going to let them, I'm going to let them do that. I mean, I think I, I add on to my one theory every week. And the only thing I can add this week is that that kid has to be Mara's because their connection seems to be pretty, pretty definitive. Just then, the idiots show up only wanting the boy, and he readily gives himself up to Mara's dismay. Jerome, however, cannot stand by and just allow it to happen and takes a bullet to Clemence's whore and our own. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 He has a flashback to waking in a cage or a cell with Lucian. Having now taken the lieutenant's uniform, he explains that he's going to take his life and he's going to have a better one because he believes that's what he deserves. He gives him no choice in the betrayal. He says when he does get to France, he will tell them where to find him, but he also will say that he's a deserter. So he, on one hand, basically blackmails him into going along with the facade. Cause am I, did I understand that correctly? That I could call you a deserter? Cause usually deserters are shot. They're not even sent to prison, they're shot. So is that what he's like? I can tell them that you're a deserter and I imprison you. Or maybe that was it. He just says, I'll take, call you a deserter, but I'm going to give you this medal. So in prison, you can trade it. But he rejects it. And I do think that in his mind, Lucian's mind, that Jerome was a friend, but something better beckoned. But Jerome, Mapu Jerome, he is a man of honor. 
and i was so happy when he awoke and he only had his arm injured he is alive and still ready to fight picking up that hammer wake your ass up because it's time to go beast mode toby seeing what's happening as they have as they have captured the boy and are ushering him to the deck she's discussing with her brother that would do this for his mother's love and has fallen into the delusions that she herself toby you know is just selfish and maybe what happened to her i'm guessing what happened to her is rape and it may as Mimi pointed out have something to do with her brother and I think that this is uh this they were probably very close in the same thoughts but now he's just like I have to I have to make up for this because once again I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing and someone else in my family got hurt so even though he's hurting her in that moment he himself is just absolutely uh broken in a lot of ways with a hammer jerome rescues the loyalists aboard and despite many problems not understanding him he tells them look i've been through some shit and i ain't dying over the mess that's going on outside they're out of control i'm gonna need you and the rest of us to take back that damn control. Clemens was next by his side like she was the first lady. On deck outside in the rain, Ibn condemns the child as the devil until the others show up and a fight breaks out. The boy is thrown overboard. I did like the way it was shot showing the boy and Mara as they lock eyes. And Ike orders his group back with Ibn feeling very full of herself. Crestor, when the fighting breaks out, unfortunately runs and hides like the coward he truly is. Thinking Jerome kidnapped his wife and outed him, he puts a gun on him and drags her back to the room. And her only question was, you know him? Because... I think I'm in love. Oleg patches up Jerome calling him lucky. It's like that ain't luck. That's badassery, okay? Mara is reliving the moment the boy went overboard with Daniel comforting her, but she has the other part of her love triangle, Ike, show up to drag her ass wanting answers about how she, her name is listed on the manifest of the prometheus and to be fair she seemed as shocked as he was and he asks who are you really i think that is a very valid question for all of us to be asking because mara certainly has significance here so does daniel so does this boy they seem to have a connection going on i don't know how it's all connected but they're telling us things all of a sudden there is a mechanical whirring and then a light and then the boy emerges to everyone's shock what what the fuck 
he goes up to Mara and hugs her. Daniel looking disturbed. Ike being like, what, what is this? And how is someone who is unable to have children clearly have a child? Even though I will say y'all don't look alike at all. But one can say a child can favor their father. Is Daniel the baby daddy? I don't know how you can't remember either one of these people though. If so, unless something's fucking up with your mind and this is all like a the 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 construct of some kind i don't know i don't know why but uh this is how the episode ends it is also not helping y'all case at all that this is not a devil or some supernatural entity because clearly he's some supernatural entity and now that's just raising the stakes on both sides not good so how is the next episode gonna unfold? I have no fucking clue. However, it is a good time to allow the the ones who've gone overboard <laughs> and has yet to emerge from the ocean back onto the Caribbean to give their thoughts on what they think about this puzzle piece. So let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for $18.99. I could not wait to send this as I was watching um, because, like, I was going to send you something after I listened to the last podcast, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to just watch episode three and just send it all at the same time. So first thing I would like to point out is that I was right. Um, I said, I don't know how he expects these people to just take this and not do something about it he's one person and no one wants to go back to Europe and even his men are against this and I was like I don't understand why he's like acting like this like he could just like rule over everyone and you said which I I'm gonna just say I agree with you were like well you know they can't you know, it's not, they don't really have any say so, you know, they, they have to listen to him and all that stuff. And I I was like, I should have been more clear. I wasn't saying that they were going to like rationally or like try and manipulate. I was going to, I'm thinking a revolt. And you were like, you know, they can't like man the ship. They can't steer it. And I was like, I, I don't think we're thinking of the same thing because I don't, I was thinking about mob action, like, when people do, like, mob, what is it called, mob mentality, it's not logical, they just, people get together in a group, all it takes is for one person to hype everybody up, they clearly had guns, and now they're gonna go take over the ship, I don't know if any of them can, can, uh, steer, I don't know if any of them know how to use a compass, I don't know if any of them knows where, which way, um, you know, how they unhook that ship, how they, you know, make sure that there's enough coal. I don't think that they, that's anything they're thinking about. Maybe they all know that. Maybe that's something that, you know, certain people in the crew also know just in case the something happens to the captain and the first mate. I don't know. But I do know that my mentality is something that happens very often 
it's illogical. People do stupid shit, and they're like they they act like they had no recourse or no reason or no understanding of why it happened. It happens all the time. Like, why would you do like? Why would you guys all go to this person's house, you know, and knock on the door and be aggressive? Okay, sorry, got a phone call, um, and I don't remember my exact train of thought. But I do know I was talking about my mentality. And it's like, you know, a group of people go to this person's house to confront them. And they're all angry, yelling. And then all it takes is for one person to do something stupid. Next, you know, they beat the person to death. Maybe that's not their, weren't their intentions when they went over there. But all it takes is a group of people together for people to be stupid. I, I don't know why you can take a whole group of smart people and... Them being all together makes them dumb, but it happens all the time. And and what I saw at the end of this is exactly what I was thinking. Except I thought it was going to include some of the rich people. Like, they were all going to be like, you can't fucking turn this ship around. We pay good money. Bitch, you're not going to do it. And they were going to, like, force them to do what they told them to do. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know what their plan is. um, But I do, you know, I, I don't... I I feel like Oleg and his name was Jerome. I'm pretty sure it was Jerome. Being together is gonna be beneficial. Um, I I think them being together is gonna mean something. I don't know. I I'm starting like it seems as though everyone has a story that we're gonna end up going through. Um, with the geisha, um, which I guess I'm assuming she isn't Japanese because even like the girl when she was like, uh, the, like, look at this dress they got me. They said that they're gonna like I'll get more and then they're gonna teach me Japanese. Um, I, like I said, I have subtitles on, so I'm assuming like in the area, the like the the boat and all that stuff looked like they were in China, but I, I don't have any rain. Uh, frame of reference because I don't I'm not listening to them talk so I don't know but I I don't know if she knew what a geisha was I don't know maybe she didn't I, you can't assume that a Chinese person knows the traditions of a Japanese person so I have no idea but you know her mom I guess was a uh, prostitute and she somehow knew what that girl was doing and she had her daughter just take the place and now the truth is out that she is not (laughs) that girl um because she is a virgin um but she was willing to do what she needed to do and maybe out of guilt for accidentally killing old girl i don't know what her mom was doing giving men stuff to make them sleep (laughs) and she ended up giving the girl too much I don't know. I just, I want to know how you knew the girl was dead. <laughs> how do you know she just didn't fall asleep suddenly because you gave her too much? I don't know. Um, the way her mom is, I wouldn't put it past her mom to have lied and said, like, the girl was dead. Even though she wasn't dead, she was just sleeping and put her in that little crate thing and pushed her in the water. Um I don't know. The, they seem familiar, the girl and uh the main the main character and the geisha when they traded places i don't know 
she said she just wanted her to miss the boat. So clearly they had to have known each other. I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm very, I don't know, maybe because I'm a suspicious person, person by nature, but if I, um, was in an area and I did not speak the language and somebody told me to follow them, I probably wouldn't do it, even if I was upset and crying and they found me in a crate. Um, and then if I saw fog rolling in the way that fog did, I would definitely not walk to it because even if it was normal fog, like you did see that this like the ship ends a little bit at, over there, like right, you saw that right, you just gonna walk into the fog. I don't know. Um, I never saw the glitch that you're talking about, and I forgot to even go back and look until after I had watched the episode three. So I'm gonna try and pay attention to stuff like that. But you know, I, I hope they don't do the whole insane asylum fake uh dreamscape type thing i hate when that's what they end up doing it seems so fucking like it the first time i ever saw it it was cool but now it just seems lazy like i don't know um i'm even i would even go far to say they, they've been abducted by aliens that would be cool <laughs> i would prefer something like that I don't want it to be a dreamscape in a insane asylum. I don't know. I don't like it when it's a bunch of people and they act like everybody was having the same dream. Um, you know what, though? would be cool if this is hell. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, this is, you know, all those people, like, did some terrible shit. And uh, we're seeing them pay the price. They're being tortured in hell like the good place <laughs> that would be kind of cool um but like what the fuck happened at the end like dude had the little machine and he was moving the little circles around and then the prometheus just vanished like what the fuck i don't know i just every episode my mind is just fucking just uh, explodes like I have no, like I knew that the little boy and the neighbor were gonna know each other. Like it just it just made sense to me. Um, and I was like staring at him to see if I saw any similarities. Could they, that be his brother? Could that be his son? Like are they the same person? Like what the fuck? Like they're both pretty fucking pale, which is weird. But they have different color eyes. Um, their pupils are freaking dilated as hell, which is weird. But I mean maybe that's just you know being the lights that they use i'm not sure that might just be because of you know the cinematography not like it wasn't computer anime like that it just might be because they're so close to their face um i'm not sure um but you know we got the geisha and then we got lucian who i guess suffers from epilepsy um i don't know what those little vials are um, but I, I don't even know how people, like, when people had seizures back then, if they even knew what they were. I don't know when, like, it looks like he has some type of serum or some type of medication for it, um, but he has to take it when he feels them coming on, and, and, and you don't just take it every day. It might not be anything. If he got it from that dumbass doctor who thought poor little Ada died from a stroke, She's a fucking kid. Why? Why would she have? A, how would she have a stroke? Why would it come on all of a sudden? And now that these people are, other people are just randomly dying. Now we, 
you know, whatever it is is catching. Is is this what happened on the Prometheus? I don't know. Are the bodies gonna just vanish? I don't know. But it was really it was really sad um, seeing the the baby on the slab, um, and then her sister being pregnant as fuck, picking her up and carrying her. All of that was a lot, and um, I can I could see like I could understand why the captain wouldn't want everybody to know, but why he didn't want the family to be notified about Aiden's death is really kind of fucked up. Um, and also, it doesn't make sense to me um, why he would take that paper, like just the one piece of paper, out of the, the furnace and leave the rest of the paper and then not tell Mara about it. I don't know, but we did see her name on it. But, I mean, I feel like that could be related to the um, the brother. Maybe it was supposed to be her on the Prometheus and he took her place. I'm not sure. So I guess these are all questions that I have. Um, what else? I think that's all I can think of right now. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen after, you know, this mob takes a hold of the ship and... You know, they took the first mate as well. Um, I, I don't know, but I am all in at this point, and I'm very curious. I, I think I'm going to stop with the um, the theories right now because there's so much <laughs> fucking going on that my mind won't even allow me. It, it's not even computing. And time travel, even though dudes still had a mach- like a little machine that looked very advanced, um, it, time travel does seem kind of redundant for them. So I, I'm with you that, that that probably isn't what they're going to do because it's something that they did already. I feel like they could be more creative than that. So um, I will end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, black girl, magic, queen of the couch, meet me out. What up, Cena? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for 1899 episode four of season one uh was supposed to get this out yesterday i did watch it yesterday right when i told you i would but i drank my uh belgian beer and i was trying to relax and i relaxed myself into some sleep um it's fine i was actually pretty productive this morning when i woke up at five o'clock in the morning um and i cleaned up downstairs i'm i'm pretty proud of myself um for not laying around doing nothing Um, But now I'm going to get my coffee fixed, so I figured I will uh, send some feedback for this episode. I enjoyed it a lot. There was so much going on. Uh, First thing I would like to, to say, because you didn't get my feedback from last week, I would like to just point out once again, I was right. Now, I didn't know how it was gonna go down, but when I said that the captain thinks he can just like tell people what to do like this is what I meant like people have this mob mentality where they do stupid shit that doesn't make any sense like it absolutely is asinine that this woman of God so to speak and I use woman of God in very very heavy quotations because I can't imagine any God thinking murdering a child is the right thing that the child hasn't done anything that would even be remotely 
like I guess labeled as evil he showed up on a boat very suspicious and I'm not gonna lie the kid looks very weird like he's a creepy looking child not his fault I also think that the the mother of the pregnant girl it looks fucking creepy she looks like an evil cunt and as we see she kind of is but you know anybody that's willing to murder a kid in the name of lord whatever we talk about this all the time i know morality changes through time what people thought was godly isn't always necessarily and i'm looking at it through the lens of a person that is a person of color and from the 21st century so whatever i'm just saying like this is exactly what i meant you you gave the the people that in the lower class guns and you allowed them to uh presume power over the ship and shit that is illogical is taking place and that's what always happens when one person thinks they can make rules for everyone else and i get it he's the captain but he also has people that are underneath him and his first mate should be the person that is determining you know helping him make decisions instead of him making unilateral decisions and not including anybody and this is what happens like so one person all it takes is one person to go against it and go find a group of people that is gonna let let them be the leader and that's exactly what happened and that's what i meant um i i understand what you were saying they can't steer the ship it looks like they're steering the motherfucker just fine well <laughs> as best they can with the motherfucker being a ghost ship um but this is this is what i meant um i didn't articulate it very well and that's on me but this is what i meant by him thinking that he can just do whatever he want and them not having consequences like someone fucking taking over the ship and saying bitch you're not turning this shit around we gonna go to america like you planned um so i just want to get into my theories because i feel like um the recap i don't even really need to go over you know it's not necessary you're gonna do that but i i have these theories so the first one is and i just hear me out okay i have nothing to back it up it's just this <laughs> suspicion that I have because when I was younger I, I was obsessed with the sea I used to watch as many if YouTube existed I feel like I would be like I said sorry I got a phone call so I would be more like I feel like I would have more information more like things that I would be thinking about I don't think I care very much about the way the ocean is now but back back when I was younger I was obsessed and I remember like reading these articles and like watching discovery channel about the bermuda triangle and how there's been suspicion for years about you know the possibility of time travel i remember there was people theorizing that's what happened to atlantic you know it got sucked up in the bermuda triangle like so i'm thinking that this pyramid isn't really a pyramid it's a triangle that is hooked up to the bermuda triangle and that's how the kid is able to teleport in wormholes because the Bermuda Triangle and that's where they are okay so when I say it out loud it kind of sounds dumb but I'm still gonna go with it because it is really what I believe um I I feel like it has something to do with what's going on it's a part of the ocean especially back then that people were very unfamiliar with they still don't really know a lot about the ocean just because it's really large and 
uh, humans aren't allowed, like aren't physically capable of going very deep um, without a bunch of equipment. So, you know, time limit is is having a time limit down there is um, restrictive and, you know, we don't learn as much stuff. So I do feel like I'm on to something. I'm going to work on my theory. But the fact that the little boy was thrown into the water and then teleported into the cabinet, which is where we found the kid. And maybe someone realized that he could do that. And that's why they locked him in there because they knew he was going to go to that particular like cabinet. I'm not sure, but that's my theory. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm like... We keep seeing that symbol with the triangle with the line through it. And that's what I'm saying. Teleporting line through the triangle, Bermuda Triangle. It's a wormhole. Anyway, that symbol is, is on the carpet, on the floor, um, in the hallway. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like those little patterns were everywhere. And I feel like I'm starting to see it a lot more. And I don't know if that's intentional, but that's what I'm thinking. So it's not time travel. It's teleportation going from one point to the next in a blink of a second wormholes so i don't know i do like the the um purgatory theory though because that actually checks out most of the people on this ship are not great humans we don't know what olak did and we don't really know what jerome did but i'm assuming he did some dirt to get his ass on this ship um Jerome is being real non-black though doing some stupid shit um and I just it has to be something some type of connection these people have to be connected because the way that um uh Lucian's wife just gravitated to uh, Jerome to the point where like they weren't even weirded out by the fact that he, they, they cared like they they wanted to be near each other that she was following him that she was like oh you can come in if a sweaty like regardless of race i'm just thinking just in general any sweaty man knocks on my door and i open it and he bars in and he's running from someone the last thing i would feel is comfortable enough to tell that guy he could stay like i don't know you i don't know what you just did you're sweaty and dirty and you have like bruises everywhere and you're bleeding what the fuck is happening like that but they were like both of them like he wasn't even weirded out that she was instantly connected to him that has to mean something so they have to be connected in some way i haven't figured that out but i i i do think everyone on this ship is somehow connected there they were paired up differently at the beginning but i think once we get to the end of it we're gonna see the ones that had like um Cresser and Angel, that instant connection that they had, like Cresser looks weird. Um, that scar is very unnerving. And Angel was like, "It suits you." What the fuck does that even mean? Unless, you know, in some parallel universe, he got that scar saving your life. Then okay, it would have some type of meaning, so it would suit him. You would learn to love it because it means something to you guys. I don't know. This is just a theory. But um, it seems like everyone, like, the, like even, okay, I want to go back to um, the pregnant girl and her dad. I don't know. So it, I got creeper vibes from the way he was rubbing on her stomach. I don't know if maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But I'm, I'm starting to get the feeling that a lot of people on this ship 
got a lot of fucking skeletons in their closet. Um, we know about some of them, but I, I'm starting to, to get a vibe here. So um, I don't know if Jerome had helped uh, Lucian kill that dude. And that's the guilt he has. I'm not sure. But it just seems as though, you know, purgatory and them, you know, reliving trauma or like I like if you like think about the the Lucifer. I don't I know you didn't watch that. Like hell is you reliving your worst moment over and over and over again and not being able to change it. So it's just an endless cycle of you fucking up and doing it over again. And maybe that's what this is. Um, we don't know what Mara is. I was always thinking her name was on that roster because her brother used her name and he was on the Prometheus. That's what I was thinking. But she looked utterly shook that her name was there. She was like, that doesn't make any sense. Unless everyone on that ship, the Prometheus, are the same people that were on this ship that were looking at the, I don't know, the Cabraros, whatever. And this is them reliving their trauma all over again. Um, cause like, this is what I was thinking. So when the Prometheus disappeared, that's what we were like, that's what they wanted our mind to think. But what if the Prometheus isn't the one that disappeared? What if the Cabraros is the one that disappeared and it's, they're like in purgatory reliving their trauma in the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. I'm just, I'm being real extra right now, but I'm really stuck on this Bermuda Triangle and I don't know why, probably cause of the pyramid and then being an ocean. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that until I'm moving wrong. But anyway, I do like that theory you had about the purgatory because it, it kind of makes sense because they're all fucking not very great people. Like, what is it, Orlock? We don't really know what he did, but I'm starting to think that maybe everybody did something really fucked up and they're trying to run away from it. That's why they're going to America. But, you know, I guess only time will tell. Um, the, the other thing is like that, um, in scene where they were all fighting on the ship what the fuck <laughs> i don't know what they were trying to accomplish but it was like it wasn't even like the battle of the bastards it was just like a bunch of morons like pushing on each other like what the fuck are you guys trying to do who who whose idea was to fight like this because y'all look fucking stupid um, and then that crazy bitch picking up the little boy. And then when she was like, he didn't even try to fight it. That's what I was like. I was like, he must know something because that little bug he had in his hand seemed to know like what's happening. And to me that it signifies that this has happened before. You know what I'm saying? Like they're all following the same patterns that they've been doing. And maybe Mara is the only one who maybe is acting differently than before and that's why the little boy is so attached to her because like it just it it makes no sense for her to be so connected to him for absolutely no reason now I understand not wanting to kill a child but she put herself in front of him like she was willing to take whatever like bullet or whatever they were going to do for that little boy and you know the way he hugged her at the end I don't know if he was like you know I don't I don't know like I just keep I keep having in my mind about her having a miscarriage of having kids um, and then maybe that little boy was supposed to be hers I don't know but the fact that he hugged her at the end he still hasn't talked but he hasn't shown any kind of emotion towards her until now that has to mean something too um, sorry I know y'all said y'all not gonna theorize but that's that's all I could do and I was like when I send this feedback it ain't gonna be nothing about no recap it's just gonna be me spewing all my ideas um, and I, I wrote a couple of them down because they were gnawing at me. So 
I think I'm going to end it here and then I'm going to watch the next episode. And if something else jumps out, you know, that's what I'm going to be talking about. I just want everybody to be aware that my feedback is going to be me spewing a whole bunch of nonsense about my theories because I can't stop them. (laughs) I wish I could be like shy and you, Christina, but I can't. My mind is all over the place. And this is exactly what happened with Dark. And I told myself I wouldn't do it, but here I go. (laughs) Anyway, um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the last two episodes. She was unfortunately, as she stated, her feedback didn't go through for episode three. So we get a double dose. You see how quick she was on both uh, things, wanting it so bad. I was right. I was right. I was right. Girl, everybody could see what you was saying was going to happen. <laughs> I think even by episode three, I was saying, okay, this is rationally why your people are going to turn on to you. But uh, that's funny. <laughs> she, she she wanted that, that uh, affirmation. I will give it to you. It clearly means a lot. Uh... <laughs> And while I I still am of the mindset, I think that both of our points were being missed. Your point of a mutiny can happen in this manner is is absolutely correct. I would have dis- uh, disagreed on that uh, point. My only argument was that you it doesn't happen. And I still find it happen rather quickly. And sure, we could say for TV, I, I still more, I know too much about this for me to disassociate with my knowledge of how this would actually go down uh like i said they're not really thinking about what happens when you get to land which is another deterrent for certain these things certainly happening what i was only getting at was that the officers needed to be involved now when you get the officers turning on a captain because he's being irrational or so on and so forth that is far different than the passengers all rising up and turning and yeah I guess you're right they could anyone in any situation when feeling a certain level of could could definitely decide uh that these uh stupid things as you call them can go down however uh that's usually when there's not me there's the consequences not as far outweighed by what that what you're doing I guess I, neither here nor there it doesn't matter my only thing th- was that the officers need to be involved which is exactly what happened and this is exactly why you can't have some fucking person just randomly fucking to even take over from your officers because i don't think that all the officers the majority have now were tur- ready to turn and they they imprisoned the captain but franz was stupid to go out there and give those people guns if the if the officers were the only ones armed and that was the mutiny and they said to turn the ship around, then you wouldn't have what you got happening with Ibn right now. France fucked up and that's why it got to this level of anarchy. I don't think it would have would have gotten to that level if he hadn't because you would have been dealing with people who are armed versus not armed. Yeah, you could take a little fucking hammer, but more often than not most people will stay within the confines of uh you know doing what needs to be done even if they're unhappy about it and i think that's where the first class passengers had the most to say in regards to 
if they really, but you see, they're not the ones that are involved in the mutiny. It's the lower class passengers that have far less to lose. Uh, and unfortunately, we're stupidly armed by the idiot that is Franz. And now Franz technically doesn't have any control. He doesn't want them going around killing the boy. But if that's what they need to do to get the fucking land, that's what he's going to do. And he's told that by his commander, uh, which I don't know why FJH, but like I said, he's playing some game I don't fully understand. But yeah, I, I think that Yes, uh, people can certainly respond in a manner in which they did. But I, I think that for all that they could have the possibility for it, it needs to be in their favor. And up until the mistakes were made, it was, really wasn't for the lower class. And that's why so many people are jumping back on the captain's side because they're like, shit, fuck no. <laughs> it was, it became a matter of, one thing and then it escalated to a matter of another thing uh all you had to do was say this child died of natural causes if that's what the fucking doctor says on the ship what are you gonna say and then if a whole bunch of other people keep dying i think that's the part where you would be like don't tell anybody but then franz told everyone (laughs) so (laughs) once again it's never in my opinion it's never a good idea to remove a captain because once that starts to once you start taking parts out of the equation everything falls down doesn't matter who wants what and then when you get to shore that's the really fucked up part there's still that part of the story that uh <laughs> a lot of people are thinking uh and should be thinking about i think that you got a little confused with the ling yi story her mother didn't kill the friend at, le- at least this is how i read this it anyway uh, Ling Yi killed the friend because she wanted to take her place knowing full well that she was a prostitute. Uh, she may not have known what a geisha is. That's a good assumption. But she knew that she was going to a place uh, that her madam wanted her to go. Why she was selected, my guess is she was probably well known. And if she knew her mother, who was also in the trade, uh, she just was jealous. And her jealousy caused her to want to spike her friend but unfortunately she didn't use the the dosage properly and she murdered her and then she put her in a box and her mom came home and she's like what the fuck happened and then she threw the tea out and she's like let's get rid of the fucking evidence because that's what a mother does because if the mother had been do had did it she would know the proper dosage right since she even admits that she's been doing it quite a while Uh, I need more. Oh, and then you did clarify because I started to write. I need more clarification on dreamscape. I don't know what a dreamscape is. And then you said what it was. They're all sharing the same dream. I don't think it's a. they're all sharing the same dream when I say that. I think kind of like in Westworld. Remember when in Westworld episode two with Maeve in season three where she was in like it was Westworld, but it wasn't Westworld, but it looked like Westworld. That's what I'm kind of going into something like that, that they're all connected to. But I'm also really starting to like the idea of purgatory too. (laughs) But it's not to say that those ideas can't also intermingle. Maybe this could be their own form of purgatory, but based on them being put into like, it doesn't need to be a mental institution. That's only because that's what the, the boat was called that could be misleading um 
But I do think with the end, to me, it feels like it doesn't feel like he just randomly fucking showed up. It felt like he was um, like basically he was put back in like he was put back in the I don't know how to explain it. Um, I thought I wrote some notes down about it because I thought I did like write that like what what could that possibly be oh it felt like he reappeared like he was digitally constructed so that's my that's where my thought is going that symbol is everywhere you're correct it's on the carpet Clemens earrings Uh, there's been a lot of other places it's been at but they are trying to say the symbol certainly means something but we also know it's the symbol of the company as well uh, your Bermuda Triangle isn't the worst theory ever. I mean, Pyramid Triangle, uh, it would fit into that. Uh, but that that would more into the the ghost shipping away. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that that is not something that could be correlated. Um, the purgatory thing, though, does sound... But it could it be that the, they're in purgatory because these are because with Jerome, I feel like he's a good person, but he has darkness inside of him. Like his honor means a lot to him. I know you say he did a lot of things you didn't feel like black people should do, but he was in his own mind. My guess, if I had to guess, and I am just doing that from that moment he was left, he was like, I'm getting revenge on that motherfucker. He's not going to get away with pretending his new life. Like, I'm going to let him know that I survived or something to that point. And he probably went through a lot of dark shit to get to that place. But he still fights for his honor, you know. And I think that that would make a good argument for the purgatory bit with Lucian. Like, he doesn't seem like an evil person. I mean, it's not like he killed the soldier and stole his identity. At least that's, I want to say he was already dead. <laughs> um because he says, I don't have to take stu- orders from this stupid person again. It would seem like a moment of opportunity more so than a planned murder. Uh, so, yeah, like I wanted a better life. So, yeah, I did this terrible thing and lied and stole someone's identity. But he's not evil. Like the minute, even when he's being bitchy to Clements, the minute he thought that she was in danger, he immediately went to try to, you know, rescue her. He's still his wife. The same thing with, well, we don't really know with Mara, but you know, with, uh, with Ike, you know, maybe he could have been more aware of what his family was going through with his wife, but that doesn't make him evil. So I think there, there's something to that, something with that, these characters that I do see. I just don't know what it all leads up to yet. I already talked about doctors and my feelings (laughs) about them in the podcast. So I won't rehash. Um, she knew that with Clements, why would you let this sweaty man back in her room? She knew that he was lowborn. He was shifty on the deck. I think I'm pretty sure she watched him get arrested. So she knows he's a stowaway, but she saw him beat battered. And she's just like, I, I do think it is too instantaneous a connection. I agree with that. But that also feels like everything. So these people either knew each other, know each other or something. I don't know. I can't explain that. That's still a question mark. But I think that with her, her feeling, you know, maybe maybe there's something in her life where she's not who she appears to be, you know, uh, where she feels a kinship 
to the person that he is. And maybe she felt like, you know what? I am full of shit. You're someone who's real. I want to be attached to him. And lastly, no, I don't have a lastly. Uh, with the <laughs> the scar, just a different perspective, because I really don't know on what he actually means by the scar suits Kester is that he isn't as innocent as he appears to be. That's just what I took away from it. I think that they are looking at Toby's child, her parents as some sort of prophet. And that's horrifying. But I did agree that I felt a little weirdness between her and the dad. But I think she had that same, if I'm pretty sure she did have that same look when her mother touched her belly like that. But all of them got them damn letters. And I want to know who wrote them damn letters. That's the part where I'm most thrown to with all of this is with all of my strings that I'm pulling from someone intentionally got them on this ship, meaning that they didn't get here by coincidence, meaning that someone is in control going back to the previous scene of the TV monitors. And that's where I'm going back into I keep going back to where I want to go supernatural, or more like uh, some weird futuristic shit. Because it definitely seemed the way he was doing, he was hacking into a computer system, Daniel, but it didn't look like a terminal or a computer system we've ever seen before. So it possible it could be alien tech. Could throw that out there. Uh, I personally am not the greatest fan of aliens because I just watch Moonfall. <laughs> And if they do do aliens, though, I will say they probably will do things better. I don't mind it being aliens. I just, I, I don't know. There's something a little bit too human about it. But I'm, I'm open to be surprised, quite frankly. And lastly, this is the last part. I don't know if it was intentional or not. And I'm not going to give them cr- uh, credit for it being intentional or not. But most fights are not fought like the Battle of the Bastards. They're mostly fought like the way in which people fought on that deck messy dumb stupid i mean one you're outside in slippery wet on a slippery fucking deck a place you would not normally be fighting (laughs) it's not the best place to fight despite what they try to tell you on black cells and pirates of the caribbean you don't like fighting on the fucking deck it's a mess uh these aren't fighters either you know they're just peasants with a few have guns they're not really trying to harm each other they're having in a lot of ways, a a uh, a difference of power struggle in a way, but it hasn't really devolved into straight other than the peasants. Like someone's going to jail for the murder of that officer <laughs> and they will certainly be taking it up with someone. But right now it is about the people that are more interested in the morality piece of it and then the others that are just trying to get to America just trying to bypass all of the weird shit going on and put our heads down and just put our put our hands into the Lord because he's controlling all of that. So uh, yeah, now the, the real test of is going to be in the next episode when you have people that are now fully aware that there's something supernatural or odd going on that cannot be readily explained. What do they how do they react because we already know how the fanatics will. This is right up their fucking alley. They're more than willing to believe. Versus these that are probably like, Whoa, what? 
then there must be some type of logical explanation of which we can find. So I think there's something with that as well, because I felt like in Dark, they they played with that about the idea of true belief versus, you know, uh, putting the science together and in the end you know really it was claudia with the fucking degree and the <laughs> the mind that could actually figure everything out even though there were supernatural aspects happening thank you once again for your feedback last but certainly not least is queen shy let's see if she has a i was right as well hey christina it's me shy i am here to give my feedback for 1899 um episode four and look um you know i saw uh mimi's um message um about the rabbit hole and uh, i'm joining her Uh, i really am because i have so many thoughts and still confused and still you know and I, i mean i understand that they're not going to give us the answers in one fell swoop. It's going to be, you know, a little bit, you know, nuggets here and there. So I get that. But, it, I mean, it's still um, going to I'm still going to feel anxious to learn and to know what's going on. And still, I mean, that's the beauty of it is to want to know what's going on. So that's what makes have people coming back for more coming back to the next episode so i mean i understand the concept of you know shows like this um went through dark and all that stuff and i know looking back because i know you have mentioned it, i haven't finished listening to your episode three podcast so i don't i don't even remember what i said about that one uh or <laughs> i don't know what your response was to what i said so i'll be listening to that hopefully tomorrow but I want to get this feedback in because I know that you're talking about doing episode four. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know rationally speaking, I get it. I, I know, <laughs> but I'm just expressing myself and what I'm feeling when I watch these episodes and just wanting to know more, excited to get to the next step. So I think that's a compliment to this show. Um, it's not a criticism. Um, so anyways, uh, so this one (laughs) was a whole lot going on with the same, like pretty much confined to the same thing, if that makes sense. It's all about the mutiny and, you know, all the consequences and the falling out from that. Um, I forget the first mate, um, name, but he puts the, um, idea in, the, the crazy's head about the um the boy being the issue that since, as soon as he came on board they started having all these problems and so of course being a fanatic um <laughs> religious fanatic they immediately just tie that into evil and gotta get rid of the evil and <laughs> it's like don't ask no questions just accept what this guy is saying and go after this boy and and it's and of course the lynch mob just goes along with it and i see that the mother is the one that wears the pants in his family because the dad just sat back and let the mom run the show um Cresta's mom toby and Cresta, 
hope I'm saying his name right. And she was all about that life, man. She was not messing around. <laughs> and she was the one in the end that threw that boy overboard. I was like, dang. I really thought he was the boy was going to do something at the last minute. And then something's going to happen to the mom. But nope. And I see why. But I didn't, at the time, I was like, nah, he just, he just sat there and let her throw him over. <laughs> Well, I mean, I figured there's there's going to be a catch to that because he was so calm and just, okay. Um, and, you know, hasn't said a word since he's been on the ship. So um, I'm anxiously awaiting his first words. And uh, we see that he has this connection to Mora. Um, that we saw that at the end. But, man, this mom, like, I wish he took you instead of Ada. It's like, damn, this mom is... Mm. She, she's not nice. She's a biatch. So, but okay. Um, at least that's my take on it. And Crestor, uh, we get a little bit more insight in him seeking Mama's approval and willing to compromise his own um, beliefs and his own wants uh, to find favor with his mother. So. Um, whatever it takes. That's, I mean, you see that often with children, uh, especially when they feel they're on the outs. And um, and this mom doesn't seem like the uh, nurturing type to where, <laughs> where you know, she's giving them um, all the love and attention that they need to where they're craving it, even at their age. Um, so we learn about, I forget... Clementine, is that her name? The the husband. Um, we learn more about him and Jerome's story, and that he impersonated, um, so identity fraud. <laughs> Basically, he, he took the identity of that dead lieutenant, and called it a day. And because Jerome wasn't about that life, he he turned his back on his friend. He betrayed his friend because he was tired of living the way he was living this was his opportunity to live a different life live a better life but i feel like you know karma is a bitch you know it's gonna it's gonna get to you one way or the other so i feel like this these seizures that he's experiencing is just karma you know you gotta do right in this world you gotta do right in this world um we got frank um you cracked me up when the first mate was like um you didn't think this through, sir. You know, you gave these people from different countries weapons. You don't have no control. You just gave them weapons and said, you know, these are these are the bad people. But now what? Now they're out of control. You have no control over them. Um, I like what Morris said to him about, <laughs> you're not the man you think you are. You're just a little boy playing with power. <laughs> I was like, damn. She told him. She told him. Um, <laughs> oh, another funny scene was the guys in the um, in the furnace uh, <laughs> debating about werewolves and vampires, whether or not they exist. The one home dude, homeboy had a garlic around his neck. <laughs> He's like, um, they're talking about how they exist. He's like, well, I haven't seen Russia. But I, but I know it exists. He's like, well, it's on the map, dumbass. 
And so the guys, and of course, garlic guy is like, okay, so I've seen drawings of werewolves and vampires. So <laughs> I was like, touche, touche. That's, you know, you can't argue with that, right? You can't argue with that logic because eh, <laughs> technically speaking, <laughs> I mean, the map is a drawing too. So, yeah. And he, and they, that's. What is that? I know you be talking about it a lot, you know, about conformity. Um, like we believe so much of what we're be or what we're told without any real tangible proof of it. But because we're told this exists, that exists, we just believe it. And so same can be said for I mean, of course we know, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you could give that argument to werewolves and vampires in that back in the day in eighteen ninety nine. No, who's to say they don't exist? Even though it's, that's that's it's whether or not you believe it. Well, <laughs> you don't need to see it to believe it. All right, so let's talk about this dude, this boy coming out of the light in the cabinet. All right, what's going on here? Then we got the other dude that came out. I'm like, at first I was thinking that they're one and the same, that they're the same because they're both have this connection to Mora. And so I'm like, are they the same person as the older version of him? But then I'm like, they don't have the same eye color. But so like, are they related? Are they, is that her husband in another life? And this is their child? I don't know. I mean, I got so many questions about what the heck is going on. And, you know, they talked about how they were back where they started. So, I mean, this goes back to, or is this a thing, a question of dimensions um, try a little bit of time travel or, or they, you know, jumped into another dimension because now the Prometheus is nowhere to be found and they're all alone. So I don't know. I mean, so many questions. I mean, it's it's definitely spoon feeding us. Um, we're not getting a lot of answers. I mean, we're getting some, but the meat and potatoes answers are still to come, which, um, again, I'm going to keep saying that I want to know now. But knowing and understanding, I ain't going to get the answers now. So um, on that note, until next time, it's peace and Black on Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Chai with her thoughts on the episode. A whole bunch of questions. I'm glad you clocked that conversation, too, in its entirety between the two, uh, the two in, uh, furnace guys. Because I think that on a smaller level, it is something that's playing out on a much larger level on the ship. You know, because it's about faith, what you believe and what you can't believe and when logic coincides with science. And I think that they're going to be playing with these themes continuing forward. Uh, But I thought that his argument was pretty solid. (laughs) You know, you like to make a mockery of things in hindsight. But uh, in that moment, it's uh, what they're being told. That's what I said. I will. I want to despise Ibn in a lot of ways, but it's Ibn's uh, indoctrination into this idea that suffering is is what a human is meant to do in order, especially to get to that higher reward, and how it's used and manipulated to its own purpose. I don't doubt that she's a true believer. Uh, she's not. She's far more terrifying to me than say, uh, and this reference is not going to get to you guys because y'all didn't watch Midnight Mass, but 
fucking that bitch in Midnight Mass. <laughs> it, those are two different people. I can't even remember her name right now, but oh, it's like right at the tip of my tongue, but it won't come out. <laughs> and I don't really don't want it to. But you saw someone that's, uh, uh, they're both these religious fanatics, but you see one that's far more using it as a cult of personality and using it for their own personal purposes versus someone who genuinely believes in what she is doing and saying. And that is how she's decided to, you know, or has dealt with her own existence. It doesn't make me despise her anymore because I do think that the but then that's the that's the sad part of the Bible, right? Because that's I think what Mimi brought up. Like, how could you be a person of God and and want to harm a child? But to them, it's like these. This isn't a child. This is the devil. You know, that rational thought is gone. It, it's absolutely. It's their belief that the things that look like a certain way are not what they appear. Um, but her saying what she said to her son, it's like, yeah, you're a man who likes other men. And the Bible has taught me that you are are a disease. You're something that's uh, condemned, not something that is to be looked upon with favor. So he feels cast out of the the shadow of that type of love. And, I, and it's got to be hard for Kester, too, because he holds that crap, that cross like he wants the love of the father that he's been told is always up in heaven. But he's also being reminded and struggling with the idea that he is who he is. His sexuality is what it is. So being in that impossible dilemma, what do you do? So I still want to gutter very badly for, for what she is putting onto her son. Uh, but at the same time, I think that her continued suffering is sadly not even something she understands as a result of uh, her own damn actions. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a repulsive situation to be, to be uh, on the sidelines too. But I do like the idea and it hasn't been brought up yet that the boy is a younger version of Daniel. I didn't think about that. And you both, you and Mimi brought up the eye color. I didn't even look at the eyeballs. Because the kid looks so weird. I just can't get past it. <laughs> like, this is the weirdest looking kid. I swear to goodness. Um, I don't know what Daniel's all about. But that would. That, I, could, I could get on board with that. I could get on board with that. It wouldn't be uh, something out of the norm. I'm not. After after Westworld. I, I, I learned my life. I'm not shooting down any theories. No matter how they come about. I'm just going to say. It's, it's possible. It's possible. I might ask some follow-up questions, you know, but I really don't have any solid, like, I'm just, I'm really along for the ride. <laughs> As I said, I think I just put together what I think is being told to me in the show and, and just riding that wave from the little bit of clues, but I'm sure, I'm sure that it could be and expand as far out as both of you are thinking. So I'll just be on the sidelines uh watching y'all down there with my cheetos hot popcorn because they're so bomb and i'm out of bags and i'm really sad we're gonna wrap up this podcast but if you want to send feedback barker couch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below 
My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.